hello and get ready. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve Castle of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny for those who are willing to open their hearts to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to radically display the Father's love for you. You are part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve. We're in King and Kingdom. Yeah, I know. I thought it was Healing Sunday. It is. Believe it or not, healing is part of the kingdom. Man, if that's all it gets to get some applause, I can. It's going to be a good Sunday. You guys are primed. Pull that cord. Luke 12. If you need a Bible, please raise your hand. If you don't have a Bible, you need a Bible. That's pretty simple. (laughs) If you think that this screen is your Bible, it's probably one of the reasons these things aren't real for you. Because they're in a distance. There's a difference between seeing the kingdom, Jesus taught in John chapter 3, and actually entering into the kingdom. A lot of the body of Christ see the kingdom. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I see blessing. Yeah, I see joy. Yeah, I see peace. I see prosperity. I see healing. But it's one thing to see it. It's a whole other thing to enter into it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sheep. Whoever. Oh. Your pastor. Thank you, pastor. And seek not. uh, Verse 29. And seek not. One of the things that the Lord. And uh, I, I pray that you guys really hear this. Jesus is a shepherd. He is the great shepherd. I want, you to, I want you to pay attention when the Lord talks and how he deals with people because some of us think that he just walks around petting our, our, our wool all the time and telling us how fuzzy we are. That is not what he does. He, he wants to get out of you anything that is hindering you from the green pastures and the still waters that he's trying to take you to. It, it's amazing for for me, the analogy for me is I'll walk up to somebody eating cockleburrs, bleeding from their mouths, and bawling in excruciating pain. And I'll walk up to them and I'll say, hey, you shouldn't eat cockleburrs. Don't judge me. Stop condemning me. There is therefore no, no condemnation. Those are in Christ Jesus. The only verse these people know when you're trying to minister to them. Like, I'm not trying to condemn you. Not trying to judge you, just telling you the cockleburrs are not good for you. I, I know what's good for me. I'm a grown-up. I don't need someone telling me what to do. I have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit told you to eat cockleburrs. Let me tell you what God told me to do, preacher. Please. I would love to hear what God told you to do. It's probably going to have something to do with doing something mean to me, telling me something terrible, or quitting the church. Well, the Lord told me to move on. Where are you going? I don't know yet. That'd be like me telling uh, Hannah, Hannah, go in your car and drive. Where? It don't matter. Just go drive. Okay, Dad. Makes sense. And seek not. 
So he starts off with the correction. Hey, don't do this. You know what most of us do all day? This. This. Seek not what you shall eat, what you shall drink. Some of you are even thinking about lunch, making lunch plans. What's going to be open today? Are we in phase two? Does Prisker let us go out to eat anymore? (laughs) No. The Fuhrer, Pritzker, says, no restaurant for you. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Get back in the spirit. Neither be of doubtful mind. Do you see how he, he first deals with the natural and then he goes into the soul? You've got to keep these things congruent with what he wants to do for you and with you. Line your body up. Get your soul in alignment. It's very important. Your thinking will terrorize you. And then you add to it not living physically a proper way. And how many Christians are literally imprisoned in a way, a lifestyle that is headed for an early death? For all these things do the nations, the word for nations in the Greek is ethnos, ethnic groups. Any ethnic group outside of God's ethnicity seek for these things. So if you are of God's ethnic group, I love that. Because we're, we're, we're not trying to build a church, beloved. We're trying to build a culture. A culture. Church is a church. People can people can go to church or not go to church or quit a church or talk terrible about a church and church and church and church. But when you build a culture to where people literally are a part of something that has zero to do with a building or a t-shirt or something, but they're actually got it. They embrace and embody a culture. Then everywhere you go, you are emanating that on people. And they want to know what the heck is going on with you. Amen. I carry the culture of the kingdom. Amen. You want some? I think I do. And your father knows that you have need of these things. What things? Peace in your mind. Food for your belly. And drink. But rather... Seek ye, investigate, pursue the kingdom of God. I love how the Father does that too. He doesn't say, just don't do this. He says, hey, don't do this, rather do this. It's not a thou shalt not thing. It's this is bad for you, so rather do this. And all these things shall be added unto you. So, God doesn't just give you the bare essentials. 
He adds. So if you need two, he gives you four. Two plus two. Fear not, little flock. Didn't we talk about that? If you are not part of the flock, you could be in fear. Uh, I'll say this, and I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad or do anything, so just please hear my heart, but only about 30% of this room are actually sheep that I shepherd. Most of this room are folks that come to church, which is fine. I want you to come to church. I want you to be here. I want you to experience our culture. But there's a whole different thing between going to a building, going to a place, being around some cool people and experiencing a culture and actually humbling yourself and submitting to the culture. Jesus said in Mark chapter 6 that he had great compassion on the masses because they were sheep without a shepherd. In other words, the Lord said one of the most devastating things that any person could ever have in the body of Christ is being a sheep without a shepherd. You know what a sheep without a shepherd is? Mutton. So you can call yourself a sheep and call yourself mutton. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's. Your father's. I like how Jesus didn't just say my father. It's your father's. Good pleasure. Not just pleasure. Like this is the pinnacle of the pleasure that God has for you. It is the father's good pleasure to give you. Not rent you. Not leash you, not sell you, not make you work for, not dangle out in front of you like a carrot on a string. I've heard those preachers do. If you just do a little more, you might get there. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8, Jesus told the disciples, when you go, preach the kingdom. And tell them that the kingdom of God is in your hands. And while you're doing that, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely, you have received... Freely give. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. Messed up the scripture people. Now here's here's why some folks struggle on the given. You can't give what you don't have. So when people don't experience healing or the supernatural, they don't have anything to give. They have an idea or a concept. And that's good. It's better than nothing. I'm not saying, like, if you haven't experienced it, don't try to talk. No, uh, go out there. Because one of the things is, um, the more you practice this stuff, the better you get at it. I started, just a a little transparent story for you. 
when I first figured out that the that the healing uh, Matthew ten eight <laughs> they're still looking at me Matthew ten eight uh, when I first figured out that healing was part of the atonement part of the kingdom part of something that we're supposed to be operating in um, because I didn't have any confidence in it and because I learned I learned growing up in the in the jacked up religion that we had. Um, I learned that God did terrible things to you just to teach you or test you or try you or whatever. And so it made everybody accept all the terrible things that the devil was doing to him. Oh, well, this terrible thing must be from God to test me. And the devil's like, yeah, that, that's what it is. <laughs> amen. <laughs> it's the only time the devil ever says amen. And so I, I had to completely revolutionize my thought processes. And so in so doing... Um, I had to build confidence in this thing. And so, <laughs> amen. Now, I just lost my courage to tell you the story. So I would practice <laughs> on healing on uh, cars, on plants, and on animals, and on children. Because... They're way less likely to reject you. Cars are like, whatever. A wrench or the miraculous, so I just want to run. A tree's like, are you qualified to lay hands on me? No, you can lay hands on trees. And, and I know you guys think this is comical, but I've seen lots of cars healed and lots of plants healed and lots of animals healed. And some babies healed way before I seen people, grown up, argumentative people healed. I had to get some confidence. Like, is this for real? Well, I see that it's for real in here, but is it for real in here? All right, car, I know I'm out of gas, but all things are possible. And Which was really awesome because Kay and I were super broke. So running out of gas <laughs> was a good time to exercise the supernatural. So we've seen these things happen, and I started growing. I, when we went to Texas, our uh, our house and our first house where Hannah was born. Actually, both of them were born. Um, oh, actually, Hannah was born in an apartment. Gunnar was born in our first house in Fort Worth, and our backyard was uh, terrible. Um, for those of you that have ever been in the South, the grass in the South is a torture device. Yeah. <laughs> if you take your shoes off and your socks off and you walk through the grass, you'll bleed to death. <laughs> it's not grass. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> it's like little hidden porcupines mixed with cacti. I don't know what it is. It's not grass. And I had children. I wanted grass. I'm a Yankee. Grass. Roll around in it, walk in it, eat it if you're hungry. Grass. I wanted my kids to experience grass, not a field of torture. So I would go out and lay hands on the non-grass. <laughs> One day I was out there uh, laying hands on it, talking in tongues, believing God for what I was trying to see. And uh, the neighbor 
to our left, if you go out our back door, he and I agreed to take down our fence. We had a fence that separated us, and it got old and rickety. And instead of rebuilding a whatever a thousand dollar fence, we both just agreed, like, hey, my yard is your yard, your yard is my yard. I won't come out naked. You won't come out naked. We're all good. <laughs> so we made this cool neighborly thing. Um, and so I was out there, laying hands on the grass on all fours, probably talking in tongues because even then I probably thought that the louder you are, the more <laughs> the more effective you are. So I was probably shaba 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 grow. And I'm like, I look around, it's dead. And I look over at him, and he's like, what's up, neighbor? (laughs) But we got grass. And eventually I got to say, hey, neighbor. Remember the weirdo? Yeah, I remember. I I got to witness to him about the grass. And then then eventually, you know, you get you start getting confidence like that. Well then you can go to some some people that are actually jacked up and resistant and you can start seeing stuff. So practice these things. If you're not confident yet, fine. Get confident. You don't get to say, well, I'm not confident in this, so therefore I'm not doing it. You didn't do that on riding a bike. You didn't do that on walking. Praise God. Your parents were at least grown up to know that you weren't confident in walking. They still tried to help you. Thank God your parents don't think like that. You'd still be crawling around with a binky. You receive these things freely. Receive healing. Receive cleansing. Leprosy has, is a twofold. It's a sickness and disease that kills you, but it also created a cultural, societal um, devastation. Because you were off, it's kind of like pandemic in 2021 in America. You had to stay at least six feet away. You had to cover yourself. Yeah, that's right. Your government's trying to turn you into lepers. No matter what, I somehow it goes back to (laughs) raise the dead. Yes, I know, Pastor. Let's raise the spiritual dead. Okay, fine. Do that. And do the actual thing that he said. Raise the dead. Dead people raised up. Um, cast out devils. Yes, that's right. We should go to the Amazon and find some village that's got witch doctors and demons. Or you could talk to the person next to you. <laughs> who has a uh, who has a re an unending refillable subscription prescription. Uh, so that they can go to sleep with their demon. Suicide's a demon. Depression is a demon. Oppression is a demon. Pastor, how dare you say that? I'm sorry. We'll just, we'll just pet your fluff, sheepy sheep, and we'll let you keep your demon, and we'll give you pills for it. 
so you can medicate your demon instead of dealing with it. How dare you say that about me? I'm not even saying it. I don't think that anybody in here has anything going on. As far as I'm concerned, you guys are the most pure, holy people on the planet. Amen. I'm saying this for the people that aren't here, that you know that are messed up, that have lots of prescriptions. And go see a physician because the great physician had to get a second opinion. Let's go back to the Bible. <laughs> Matthew 6.33, the Lord said the same thing. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Because I love uh, this specific part about it. The Amplified is the, uh, the woman's Bible. What? I know some women. They like to amplify things and add words. Tell me I'm wrong. That's right. Y'all trying to condemn me for telling the truth. Thank you for that one honest, humble woman. In Matthew 6.33, in the Amplified, it says, But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after, His kingdom and His righteousness. And then it has this parenthetical statement. His way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. His way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. Please, 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 whenever you see the word righteousness in your Bible... Exchange it for something that's not religious. I personally change it to rightness. Rightness. Which is the way that God's character and nature is. So when it says that you, uh, like Ephesians 4.24 says, put on the new man which after God or from God or like God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I change that. I am putting on the new nature, which after my father is created in rightness. And in the way that I think, in the way that I am, in the way that I behave is right. Just because the Supreme Court says something is right doesn't make it right. Just because Illinois says that pot is recreational doesn't mean that it's recreational because it will wreck the creation that you are. And there's so many people that think, uh, let me let me use this, because we live in a, such a topsy-turvy world that it's hard to even talk about this stuff. There are people that get, that almost like hold their breath while I talk about these subject matters. But like, homosexuality and any other form of sexual deviancy, including fornication, those of you that are fornicating, ain't no difference in God's eyes between fornication, homosexuality, bestiality, necrophilia, what, you see how quiet I got in here? How many of y'all living in sin? We need to have a revival up in here, Pastor. 
any form of, de- of, of sexual deviancy, no matter how commonplace it is, because right now they have an entire agenda, the LGBTQ, RST, UV, WXYZ, plus, plus, plus. That whole thing, what they're trying to do is they're trying to make you believe that it's normal. Because if you can normalize it, well, then now there's nothing wrong with it. Because if it's normal, it's right, right? That's, that, that's, the, that's the philosophy of the world. Well, look, you know, it's old-fashioned to save yourself in purity as a virgin for marriage. You're right. It's as old-fashioned as the Garden of Eden that God created you to be. God literally created the physical human body for the marriage night in covenant. For those of you that don't know this, gals have a hymen. If you don't know what that is, write it down, look it up later. That hymen is there from God. It's a literal supernatural thing that releases the blood of the covenant only on the marriage night, only one time, only with the person that God created for you to be knit together with. Amen. Figure that out. God literally created the female body for the blood of the covenant. And the same thing with the guys. In the first ejaculation in a man's sperm, there is blood. Signs will tell you, go look it up. Which means that on the wedding night, if two virgins get together on the wedding night, what they do is they literally cut the covenant together. And they mingle their blood together. And it can what God has put together, let no man tear asunder. Amen. And now the enemy comes to people and say, are you 13? You still a virgin? Ooh, you wrong. You see how twisted this is? Just be, and, and here's the other thing, too. Do you realize that only 1.3% of America is homosexual or transgender? 1.3%. And they want you to believe that that's normal. 1.3%. Let's say there's 100 people in here. And one person is standing on her head quacking like a duck. And then the rest of the room goes, that's normal. <laughs> God's way of being, doing right. God's way. So if God says it's right, it's right. God says it's not right. Doesn't matter if there's a consensus. Doesn't matter if the populace votes for it. Doesn't matter if the Supreme Court says it. If God says it ain't right, it ain't right. And that is what we're supposed to be seeking first, y'all. Seeking first. Amen. Not like we'll get there at one point when I get my, my Christianity worked up really good, then I'll go ahead and go for that right stuff. No, you start with the right stuff. If you align your living, your life, your behaviors, your thinking, if you align that with rightness, then you will live in rightness. Seek it first. 
His kingdom, which is the king's dominion and his rightness. Seek those first. Not seek a raise. Not seek a, a companion, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Not seek a, your next meal. Not seek the, the cool car. Not seek a bigger house. Seek first these things. And then what you do is you position yourself for the Father to surprise you with all the things that you really need. Because I got news for you. You think that you need more money? Father knows best. Some of you would uh, probably do incredible benefits in your life to... Steward well the money that you have first, then add to it. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Pastor Ryan. I got one amen. That's all right. One changed heart is better than none. I want to talk to you about one of the most important words in the New Testament. And I have 28 minutes to cover a word. That is probably one of the most important words in the entire New Testament. So listen well. I'm going to do a flyby, but I, I hope that you drop some red flags and you come back by later in your own personal study time and you develop this. I have multiple notes, and if anybody would like a copy of them, freely I've received, so I'll freely get. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. This is going to be in the ESV. These next three verses are going to be in the ESV. You can probably tell by context, and I'm doing this on purpose. I'm just going to hit a verse, hit a verse, hit a verse. And I know that a bunch of you, you hear me say about context, how important context is, and it is. And I'm not taking that away, but I'm just trying to highlight something here. And so I'll give you a, a real quick on the context. She will bear a son. This is the angel talking to, talking to Elizabeth. She will bear a son, and you shall... Uh, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So, Jesus, in the, uh, in the Hebrew, is Yeshua, or Joshua. Joshua. The name Joshua means Savior. That's why Jesus means Savior. Jesus, Joshua, Yeshua. That's why I named my son Joshua. <laughs> going to save me. <laughs> He's going to get really, really rich and tithe to his father. Yeah. <laughs> Felt the spirit. <laughs> Said this over Kay. She will bear a son. You <laughs> will call his name Joshua. For he will sozo. S-O-Z-O, S-O-Z-O, that's in the Greek. He will sozo his people. It's interesting, his people. So he's still Savior, but there are people that haven't come to him as Savior. Doesn't mean he's not Savior, just means that those people haven't come to him. It's the same thing with Lord. I'll guarantee the minority of people in this room have Jesus as Lord. And that's why a ton of 
ton of struggles take place in your life because you don't have him as Lord. Like you want to argue with him all the time and fight over stuff and I'm right and you're wrong and, you know, I know that you said to do this, but Lord means Lord. Lord means when he says, okay, you're Lord. You know, it, it makes a ton of peace in your heart and your life when your Lord says something and you've already committed to Him as Lord, and then you just go do it. Then you don't have to argue and stress and fight and spend two weeks walking around the desert place and going to the valley and all that ridiculous, ignoramus stuff that we preach because we're just rebellious in our hearts. Lord is Lord. Now, most of the body of Christ has come to Him for Savior. They have that Lois Lane thing going on to where they really, really love Superman. And so the best way to have intimacy and contact with Superman is to accidentally on purpose fall off a building. And so that's why some of you fall off a building all the time is so Superman can fly in and and grab you before you die and hold you in his big, strong arms and put your head up against his chest so you can hear his heartbeat. And then he flies you back up to your the safety of your condo, and he puts you down, and you guys share a kiss. And then he flies away, and you're good for like ten minutes, and then you want some more intimacy with him, so you're, oh, 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 oh! <laughs> Lord is, you don't fall off the building. Because Lord says, hey, don't fall off the building. Okay, Lord. Shocking. And eventually some people actually, they understand Savior, they become saved, they become intimate with Savior, they move into Lordship, and then the Lord actually is able to take some people into what He really wants, which is friends. And not everyone is friend. Matthew eight twenty five. And they came to Him and woke Him, saying... They, the disciples in the boat that's being thrashed by a storm and it's sinking and they think they're dying. Think about that. They're in the boat with Jesus and they think they're dying. (laughs) Do you know how normal Christianity this is? Oh my God, Pastor, I'm going to die. The doctor said I got this and my husband left me and my, I lost my job and oh, I'm just being destroyed. Do you have Jesus? Yeah, but I'm totally being destroyed. So Jesus is in your boat and you're being destroyed. Yes. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, King James, saying, Lord! Save us! <laughs> Lord! <laughs> it's funny how they even got it wrong sometimes. Lord! If they really understood him as Lord, the Lord said, go to the other side. But they needed Savior. Lord! Sozo us! S-O-Z-O. Same word. So in the first one, sozo was to be saved from sin. In this one, sozo was to be saved from destruction in a boat that was trying to kill him with a storm. Same word, two completely different applications. Saved from sin, 
saved from a storm in a boat. Matthew 9, verse 21. This is the woman with the issue of blood. For she was saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, I shall be sozo. Same word. First instance of sozo was Jesus, Yahshua, rescuing his people from sin. Noun, sin, noun, nature, character of sin, of failure. The word noun is hamartia in the Greek, and it means to miss the mark. What mark? The mark of the glory of God. Romans six twenty six. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the first instance that I use is to save us from falling from the mark of the glory of God in our nature. The second instance was save us from physical, literal destruction in a boat in a storm sinking. The next one was save us from sickness and disease. An issue of blood. A physical problem. All three times. Sozo. Exact. Same word. If you look this up, there's 108 times in the New Testament that the word sozo was used. And I could give you all the verses. I could stand here and read them for the next whatever. And you will see that it, over and over that there's different applications to sozo. Let me give you the definition. To save, keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. To save a suffering one from perishing. One suffering from a disease and it makes them well, it heals them and it restores them to health. To preserve one who is in danger of destruction. To save or rescue. To save in the technical biblical sense, which is like, hey, I'm saved. Going to heaven. Which is not really theologically correct, but I'll give it to you for now. To deliver from the penalties of the messianic judgment. You are saved from judgment. Figure that one out. You know how many Christians literally think that they're going to get to the end and there's still like this judgment, like, oh my God, terrible things are going to happen to... And they, you know how many people think that the pandemic was the judgment of God on the world? <laughs> really? A pandemic with a 99.999997% recovery rate? That's God's judgment. Boy, has he really gotten off his game of judgment. <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah. COVID. I have no idea how it keeps going. To... It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> to save from the evils which obstruct the reception of the messianic deliverance. Which means that there's something in the way. Like the disciples, there was a storm in the way. 
Do you remember what Jesus did to sozo the disciples in that instance? You want me to mess with your head? He talked to wind and waves. I know. It's crazy talking to stuff like grass and wanting it to grow. Jesus talked to wind. Jesus talked to water. Jesus talked to a tree. Mark 11. And here's the thing. The tree talked back. Because it said that the Lord responded. Which means the tree was telling him something. And you think it's kooky talking to stuff. Well, I'm not just going to talk to that pain in my leg. Okay, we'll keep it. Because it's too weird for you to talk to it. Was Jesus weird? You know, all of creation was created by talking to it. And you think you're going to affect all of creation by not talking to it? Okay. Be it unto you according to what you believe. Sozo is a verb. Now, I'm going to do this fast, so write it down. Sozo is the root for soter, S-O-T-E-R, which is masculine, which in the New Testament is the word translated savior. Savior is soter. So when you see the savior, Jesus, it's soter, which comes from sozo. So it's the noun and the masculine version. That was used 24 times in the New Testament. There's a feminine version of that same word, soter, which is soteria. And in the feminine, this is salvation. That was used 43 times. And I'd love to break this down, why there's a masculine version and a feminine version, but I don't have time. And then there was an, um, an adjective form which is soterion, and that was used five times. And that's usually the word saved or rescued. So if you add all this together, sozo in those four versions were used 180 times in the New Testament. So I'm going to break this down for you. Just sozo, just sozo. 57 times it was used to reference eternal redemption, rescue, forgiveness from sin. So that's why we actually have this, this main idea that being saved is being rescued from the nature, the character of sin. I get that. I'm, I'm totally with you. You need to be saved from your sins and be saved unto God. I get that. 57 of the 108 times. But, There's 18 times that the word was used to be rescued from imminent danger. Like being rescued from a storm in a boat. Same exact sozo. So if if you need this in your life, the same saved that most of you would agree that you are because you're born again is the same saved that you can be going down the road and a semi loses control and heads at you. If you can be saved 
from the nature of Satan and sin and destruction and know that your eternity is going to be with Father, then you can also believe that that same save would protect you from a wayward semi. Amen. Amen. I've sat on planes. I fly a lot. I've sat on planes and I've been with people and, and, and there's been people on there like nervous, like gripping on stuff. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Uh, you know, flying. I'm like, hey, hey, I'm on this plane. <laughs> and they're like, hey, now you're sitting next to me. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm saved. Okay, good for you. No, 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 you don't understand. Saved means that I don't have any worries or concerns about imminent danger. Now, let me throw this in just to really jack with you. Why do we have insurance? I don't know. Very good point. I had the CEO of the very, very large billion-dollar company that I used to work for um, personally asked me why I was trying to get rid of our health insurance. They were forcing me, back then, this is, I will not go political. This is before you were forced to have uh, insurance, and so therefore insurance was super expensive. <laughs> and um, we were paying, I think it was $1,200 a month for a family of four for us to have insurance through our company. And I'm like, huh, that's stupid. So I called HR and I said, please cancel my insurance. And they're like, we can't. I'm like, well, why not? Because nobody's ever done that. On the first. <laughs> it happens to me a lot. Amen. And I said, well, I don't care if nobody's ever done it. I'm doing it. So please cancel my insurance. Like, well, we can't. Why not? I don't know, but we just can't. <laughs> like, no, you will. It's my money. Believe it or not, I'm a grown-up. I get to choose what I do with my money. My mommy didn't. And they're like, well, we, I need to find out whatever. I got called from the, from the vice president of HR, the president of HR, the COO, the CFO, and eventually the CEO saying, Steve, why are you trying to get rid of your insurance? What's the deal? What, you know, what's going on? Are you trying to quit? Are you trying to... Oh my God, I just don't want to pay for insurance. <laughs> Dear Jesus. I'm like, well, what happens if you get sick? I have Jesus. No, no, no. I mean, really, what happens? You know what's radical? Natural dude who may have got a C in medical school, you don't know. Maybe can't even remember the right body part or function or whatever, like has to go review notes, comes in and sees you and checks everything. All right, yeah, okay, I see what's going on. All right, so WebMD. <laughs> You have really? How'd I get that? From doing bad stuff. You trust that guy. You trust that guy. Well, the doctor said, and yet God, God. Said, by 
His stripes. You are healed. Totally don't trust that guy. That guy, the doctor. Well, because he's got DR on his name. God has God on his name. I'm pretty sure God trumps DR. You know how many, have you figured out yet on like mainstream media, you know how they get you to believe their lies and their narratives and their literally. (laughs) You know how they get you to believe them? Well, the experts say. Really? Which one? The scientists say. Eight out of ten dentists say. They just make up anything they want to make you believe what they want you to believe. I can say, well, God said. Well, it's the Bible. (laughs) Nobody believes that. I do. Thank God I do. It's amazing that the same people that say that they're saved and they can trust God with their eternal salvation, they believe that they're going to go be with God for eternity. The reason they believe that is because they read the part in the Bible that says that. And they believe that. And then there's this other part in the Bible that says, by his stripes you are healed. And they don't believe that. But you believe that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. But you believe that. You believe that with your entire eternity. Like, talk about being a betting man. But this one says, by his stripes you are healed. You don't believe that. Beloved, I pray above all things I'll prosper and be in good health. Yeah. Well, I believe that. God don't want me to be prosperous. So how do you believe the salvation one? It's in the same book. Some of these are in the same exact like book of the Bible. Like they're in Romans. <laughs> Rescue from physical or imminent danger. 18 times. 16 times. Healing. Cure. Physical wholeness. 16 times. The same word. Sozo. God used the exact same word. Are you sick? Be saved. Are you in imminent danger of a semi? Be saved. Are you a sinner going to hell? Be saved. To God, saved is saved. You know, if you're sick, the end result of that sickness is to kill you. So, for God to save you is to cure you of the sickness. The end result of poverty is to kill you. Right? Right? Live under a bridge, freeze to death. The end result of poverty is to kill you. So for God to save you, prosperity. Now I'm a believer. Nine times, it was literally referencing salvation that takes place in a person's soul. Being saved from oppression or depression. Oppression and depression's end result is to kill you. 
It's called suicide. People struggle with it a lot. You know what you need? Be saved. Pastor, don't make light of that stuff. I'm not making light of it. The same atonement that Jesus did to to purchase you out of Satan's family and place him into his family is the exact same atonement that rescued you from sickness, from disease, from imminent danger, from the nature. All of it. This is the exact same thing that rescues you from poverty, from lack. It's the exact same process. Amen. He didn't get up to heaven after the three days of atoning for everybody's problems. And the father said, oh, you forgot about finances. Ah, (laughs) Guess everybody will just be poor. Now, here, this will mess with you. You all remember J. Iris? J. Iris had a daughter. J. Iris' daughter, Talita Kumi. Where's the lots? Talita Kumi. Talita Kumi. Layla, say unto you, arise. Talita Kumi. Jairus had a daughter. Jairus' daughter died. Jesus sozoed her. That'll jack with your religion. Jesus saved her. The same salvation is what Jairus' daughter got from the dead. That's why for Jesus, it was just, whenever he came across a problem, is it a woman caught in the act of adultery? I love that picture. Thank you, Judy. I love that picture. That's sozo. Jesus is saving her. From condemnation and stoning. But Jesus is also saving Jairus' daughter who's already dead. Saved her. And he's also saving Peter who didn't have enough money to pay taxes. Go fishing. Take the money out of the fish's mouth. Salvation. We were saved from taxes. Talk about a good salvation. The Bible says that when Lazarus needed to be awakened from sleep, Jesus used the word sozo. I go to wake him up. I go to sozo him. I'm going to do this fast. Luke seventeen eleven, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They stood afar off. They social distanced. You're laughing. I'm I'm telling you how demonic what's happening in our nation is. Demonic. Demonic. They want to cover your face so you no longer have an identity. Mass don't have a ripping thing to do with sickness or disease. Has everything to do with for you to become just another faceless, nameless number in their stinking destruction plant for your identity and your life. Resist. 
And they stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Yeshua, Master, have mercy on us. The word mercy is compassionate. Compassionate. Compassionate us. I love this. Compassionate us. What is compassionate to a leper? And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass as they went, as they were obedient, when they listened to his instructions, when they did what the Master, what the Lord said to do, as they went... And put this in context, please. I just, I had a gal on Rugged Night. Thank you for all you folks that came out to Rugged Night. And she came up and she said, hey, uh, Dr. Benchimer said that you have the gift of healing. (laughs) And I looked at her and I thought about it. I'm like, I have a gift. His name is Jesus, and he heals. Okay, I got the gift of healing. She said, I have this problem in my knee, um, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, no problem. Um, and so I said, I'm not going to pray. She said, will you pray for me? I said, no, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to declare things because Jesus talked to things. And she's like, uh. So I got really weird, and then I told her, move it. And she's like, move it? Why? Because I need you to do as you go. That's why when we lay hands on folks up here, like what hurts? Oh, my back hurts. Okay. Back pain. Go in Jesus' name. Healing. Spring forth like rivers of living water. All right. Now bend over. Well, it hurts. Let's start over. Back pain. Go. you got to have the faith that it's going And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were catharzo. There's some, there's some medical people in here. It's a catheter. A catheter is a tube that's stuck into someone to wash out or flush out something that shouldn't be there. Catharzo. As they went, the leprosy was washed out or flushed out. Catharzo. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, saw it. You know, it happened. Okay. Go show yourselves to the priests. They had a choice. You're weird. Why would we, lepers, go show ourselves to the priests? If we go to the priests as a leper, they'll stone us to death. People don't understand this. That's what he literally told them to do. Go present yourself for stoning to death. And I do not have time to develop this. Go show yourselves to the priests. Choice. Okay. 
That's the master. That's Yeshua. If he says, go show myself unto the priest, I guess I'm dying or something's going to happen. Man, I feel good. Whoa! Whoa! Then they saw. First it was cleansed. Then they saw. You know how many people have have literally abandoned or shipwrecked God's healing process because I've declared healing over them and they're saying, well, I'll believe it when I see it. We are at an impasse here. We are at an infinite circle that is never going to get dealt with because you're waiting to see it for it to happen and it's going to happen and then you see it. And one of them, when he saw that he was aoamai, aoamai, in the Greek, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet. Well, I'm I'm way too pious, and I'm definitely too middle class America to to come to church and put myself on my face in the church in front of people. I would never do that. I mean, that's very undignified for me to fall down on my face and worship Jesus at a church. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was not saved. Samaritan. They were dogs. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten catharzoed? Weren't ten of them flushed out of the leprosy? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God except for this stranger. And he said unto them, Arise. He said unto him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you sozoed. Your faith has made you sozoed. Anybody in here has faith, you can have sozo. God is no respecter of persons. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom should come, he answered and said, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here, lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God. It's right here. It's right here. Well, one day when I get to the kingdom, I can help you today. One day when I get to heaven, we can get you there today. You can have sozo in any area of your life that you desire to have it if you're willing to believe it. It's, Jesus is not holding out on you. He doesn't do cool things for me because I'm the preacher. You are a son of your father. And he wants to add everything to your life. 
that you need. He wants to rescue you from every single thing that is trying to steal away, thieve away what he has sozoed you from. I need to pronounce a blessing over you, so please rise. Thank you so much for sharing a few moments with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his precious, life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Pastor Steve Castle and Beloved Church, please visit us online at BelovedChurchIllinois.com or call us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are part of the Beloved Family of God, and at Beloved Church, this is where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. Beloved. I pray, I desire, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way. As you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you, and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.